now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome again to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along John Cassidy. It is our pleasure to welcome you to the show tonight. Hey, we know there's a lot of great things to be doing on a Sunday afternoon, whether you're traveling back and forth, the relatives doing some shopping, whatever it is, watching the ball games, or have just spent day with the kids and the family. So we appreciate very much the time that you spend with us here on Ron Real Radio. I think we're going to make it worth your while, like we do every night, but tonight in particular. Let me give you an idea of some of the guests that we have in store for you tonight. Right out of the gate, Captain Steve Taft is going to be with us. Captain Steve is from uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. He is the next generation of long line of fishing captains to come out of the Taft family. We're going to talk about some great fishing that he's seen, some great fishing he's taken fishermen out to do, a lot of good things when it comes to our local offshore bite. So Captain Steve Taft will be with us. And then later on, Cabo Greg Arisby is going to be with us from Land's End Charter out of Cabo San Lucas. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the Bisbee. We're going to talk a little bit about the latest big tuna jackpot down there. It's the Cabo tuna jackpot. What happened? Who did what? What was awarded? What they caught their fish on? So Cap, uh, Cabo uh, Arisby is going to be with us later on. And then also, if you recall, last week we had Chad Gerlich with us. He and Bill Boyce were traveling up to Lake Pyramid in uh, Nevada. They were going after some big trout. They were really eager with anticipation on the bite they were going to find there. We're going to find out exactly what they did when they were up there. So Chad Gurley's going to be with us. And in the second hour, we're going to have fishing legend Jimmy Houston live with us. Jimmy's going to talk a little bit about the life and times of Jerry McKenzie, who just passed away. Uh, Jerry McKinnis, I'm sorry, who just passed away uh, a week or so ago. He's also going to talk maybe a little bit about Major League Fishing purchasing FLW. So you're going to want to hear all about that. But before we get to our first guest, Stan Vandenberg, my co-host, he is on a long-range trip aboard Independent Sports Fishing. He won't be with us tonight. But my other co-host is here and ready to go. She is the National Sales Manager for Iserline and represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She's also one heck of a hunter and fisherman in her own right, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing tonight? Whoop. Sounds like we dropped Wendy. All right. If we can't get Wendy, let's just go right to our first guest. Our first I am guest here. There you oh, go. Okay, Wendy. Hey, how you doing tonight, <laughs> ma'am? 
I'm doing great. I'm uh, at my mom's house. We're celebrating my niece's 30th birthday. Happy birthday, Jamie Yamaoka. And, uh, you know, I'm just relaxing now, having a good time on the radio. Well, good. Well, let's get right to it because we want to chronicle the epic bite of 2019, this tuna bite that we see. And who better to do with it, do it with than one of the skippers from uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, Captain Steve Taft. And Captain Steve, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio, sir. Hey, thank you for having me, John. Hey. Uh, would it be an understatement to say that the tuna fishing off our local coast is maybe the best you've seen it all season yet? How, what do you think, Captain Steve? Uh, definitely an understatement. It, it's absurd out there right now. The bite going on is just absolutely crazy. Uh, the quality of the fish, the size of the fish is off the charts for what we're used to in our local waters. Um, for them to come through this time of year is just amazing. It's, it's kept us really busy. We're really happy about it. If people haven't gotten out on the water this November, they really should. Well, before we start giving a report, I want to congratulate you because uh, I saw on Facebook a picture of you with a rather epic fish. Can you tell us about that catch before we go into the report? Oh, yeah, fish of a lifetime. Uh, got to go out on the Top Gun with my uncle, uh, Bob Taft. My dad came along with me, and uh, we went out just trying to target some of those bigger bluefins. And luckily enough, on that first afternoon, uh, a fish hit one of my flyers that I had out there, and I was able to set the hook, and the fish was there. Uh, 29-minute battle later, we had the fish up on deck. Uh, it was just an unbelievable rush, the feeling of it. That fish shaking, his tail shakes, his head shakes, was something I had nothing to compare to. It was beyond any fish I had ever felt, and getting it on the deck was just a, a huge relief, high fives all around, and then we got it in and uh, got it weighed out, and it weighed 262 on the scales. Oh, wow. Well, let's start with a fish report then. Uh, you were fishing a yummy flyer. Tell us how you were geared up to fish that yummy flyer and to bring a fish like that in. Uh, we used the yummy flyer a little bit when we were moving that day, but we were actually on a drift uh, using the kite there with a, with a fresh dead uh, flyer that we had uh, – we had tied out, so uh, it was set up on a 135-pound braid to like a 200-pound leader. Uh, double trouble setup, nice big setup, and uh, the fish actually ate both the double double trouble hooks, so we had them really good. Oh man, what a what a fish of a lifetime for sure! And not only that, to be out there with your dad and your uncle and everything like that, I I've got a feeling that both Chuck and Bobby. We're more excited about that fish than you were. Oh, I got pictures with them both having a big smile, and uh, you know them pretty well, so that's pretty rare to see them actually smiling and grinning like they were. My dad was uh, the first one to get a gap in the fish, and Bobby was the second, and it, it was pretty awesome. Well, congratulations on that fish. Now, you have joined the Sea Adventure family, and obviously you come from a long line of tafts that have been uh, skippers out here in, in uh, Southern California. Tell us right now, what is your responsibilities and what boats are you going to be overseeing uh, at Sea Adventure Sports Fishing? Uh, I ran the legend off and on this year. Uh, for the most part, though, I was uh, second to my dad. Um, Chef was running the boat for the most part of the season. Uh, I, I enjoy being on the water with him still. 
You know, he has a, a wealth of knowledge that uh, most people can't even fathom, and I'm just trying to absorb as much as I can from him every day, being out there with him and, you know, just being up in the house and asking him little questions and picking his brain. But uh, I'll be on that boat for the most part next summer, running a few trips here or there. Uh, we'll see, though. All right. That's and- awesome, you know, to be able to learn from your dad and, and have him pass on all of his knowledge to you. That's just so awesome. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, especially I, I get to go from boat to boat with him. Uh, we have the legend, the Excalibur, and the Jig Strike, and uh, we just did a trip on the Excalibur that was a lot of fun, and he was just teaching me the little differences about setting up with that boat versus the legend, the one that I was more accustomed to. And when I first started working on the boats, I actually worked on the Jig Strike when I was 16 years old, and we had an amazing albacore bite with my dad, and just a lot of fun. Wow. And not only that, it must feel like having to go back to school because knowing the geek that both Chuck and Bobby are when it comes to the electronics and the state of the art, everything that is that is on the Excalibur and the Legend and, and the Top Gun and everything else like that, there's got to be a lot to learn over there. And, and even when you're on the water, you're you're learning from just what it is you're finding with the electronics that you're using. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the Excalibur has the most state-of-the-art Furuno electronics in it. We have uh, the CH500 sonar, uh, 395 fish finder, and we have a a 3D multi-beam sonar. So it's a lot to to learn how to use. (laughs) I got a question, Steve. Since your dad is old school and he showed you how to use all the electronics and everything on the boat, now with all the new technology today, are you teaching him? (laughs) <laughs> I'm definitely helping him a little bit. Like uh, on the Excalibur, we have the NEMA 2000 system where everything's interfaced and touch screens, and we can move things from screen to screen, which is a swipe. And uh, he's not exactly the the highest on computers yet. I'm getting him there, but uh, he's uh, he's definitely old school traditional. So we're we're kind of meshing the two of them together, especially when we're on the boat together, because I'm pretty good with the electronics growing up and in, in the age that I grew up. Right. Is, is he amazed at what the electronics can do today? Well, I'll tell you what, he was so amazed with the uh, multi-beam 3D sonar that we put in the Excalibur that we hauled out the Legend. It's actually out of the water right now, and we just got a brand new one from Bruno, and we are putting it in. So <laughs> Great. He's, uh, he's that happy with the electronics that we're putting <laughs> it on the other boat as well. Well, Steve, let's, uh, let's get on to just a... Uh, quickly a little bit of a what's happening out there right now and and i know it's hard to look into the crystal ball and forecast uh, you know what might be happening in the next couple of weeks but does it sure look like these fish are going to be around for a bit uh, they don't really show any signs of leaving but with that said it is the middle of november so if i were an angler i wouldn't hesitate i'd get out there as soon as possible but we're hoping they stick around for as long as possible that's for sure uh, for those fishermen that are still looking to to pick up some bluefin, I, I know that the, there are overnight boats going on out and day-and-a-half trips, but would you say that the, probably the better possibility of catching a bluefin if you have limited time is at least on a two- and a two-and-a-half-day trip or even a three-day trip if, if there are vessels going out that afford you that amount of time? Yeah, you always have a better chance on the longer trips. Um, I would usually suggest a day and a half minimum just because you get that afternoon bite. 
you never you never know on that overnight or full day trip because you're missing out on that overnight. The boat has to turn to come in, and sometimes that afternoon bite is the most epic one that you see. You know, we're running into that time of the year that we're not running out of fish. It seems like we're running out of fishermen for, you know, all the reasons that you can come up with. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the difference between going out maybe during the weekday and going out on the weekend, because it must be almost like limited loads on the weekday. Yeah, there's a lot of boats that have light loads or even canceling. There there were trips that canceled out of H&M this week, trips that canceled that were supposed to depart tonight when uh, boats were limited out, U.S. limits, 10 yellowfin a rod pretty much. So it's tough to see trips like that cancel. But during the week, if you can get on a trip that's running, you're very likely to get a light load. And then even if you can only go during the weekend, the boat pressure is much, much lower than it is in August or September. Private boats aren't out there quite as much, and there's not as many sport boats out there either. All right. And when uh, you're getting ready to go on out on uh, and go after the fish that are out there right now, uh, tell me the raw and reel setups that you think you should have and bring along with you as a minimum. Yeah, well, I always suggest to people when they're going on our boats to just bring everything that they have. So we have 300-plus rod holders on both the boats. But if we're going bare minimum, I would say a, a 20 to 25-pound setup if the fish are being picky and then a 30- or 40-pound setup on a two-speed reel if you have it. Um, you know, size four hooks in the tackle box for that light line if the fish are being picky. Then you can have your 1-0s or your circle hooks for your 30- or 40-pound test. Um, and then if you have the equipment for a, for a jig stick to bring out a cold sniper or throw something like that to work with, that's always nice to have just in case you're pulling up on a, on a foamer or fish puddling. Have you had a chance to take a look at the tally board over there at H&M Landing to see if uh, any of the boats are uh, going out after yellowtail and if there's any been been any type of a yellowtail bite to talk about? I think they're just too busy on the yellowfin right now. Um, the yellowfin are all 20 to 50-pound grade, and pretty much everybody that's jumping on a boat wants to go out targeting those, especially when you consider that they're mixed in with bluefin up to 300 pounds right now sometimes, you know, it's just been crazy. So there hasn't been much targeting of yellowtail, um, but there really wasn't as much yellowtail around throughout the season. It was there early in the year, but it kind of uh, teetered out and there wasn't as much towards the end. Steve, if there is one key tip or one secret or one piece of advice that you could give someone listening that's going out on an overnight or a day and a half trip to to ensure or help ensure that they're going to catch fish, what is it? I'd just say, uh, listen, listen to the crew, the captain. You know, most of the boats are giving a seminar. These guys are out there every day. Uh, The bite changes every single day. That's the best part about our job is we never know what to expect. Every day is different. So listen to the guys. They kind of have a really good idea of what's going on since they're out there every day. And then, uh, like I said, bring multiple setups and, if you have those multiple setups and you're listening to what the crew tells you, you're going to have your best chance to land a fish. All right, Steve. If we want to catch up with what's happening with Sea Adventure Sports Fishing and get aboard the uh, one of the vessels or maybe even go out on a lobster trip with Pat aboard the Jig Strike, uh, how's the best way to go about doing it? Yeah, Pat's doing really well on the Jig Strike for the lobster right now. Uh, the best way to 
to do it, I guess, would be to go to hmlanding.com where you can book online. But the Legend and the Excalibur each have their own Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, Legend Sport Fishing and Excalibur Sport Fishing. And we post a lot of the Jig Strike stuff on Sea Adventure Sport Fishing for Facebook. There were eight spots left for Tuesday, and I may be jumping on. (laughs) I would if I was you. Yeah, Captain Steve Taft from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. Captain Steve, thanks a lot for uh, being with us. And if we can, check in with you from time to time as we uh, get later into the fall here to see how what's happening with that bite. If we can, I'd appreciate you being on with us again. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. Thank you very much for having me, John. All right. Captain Steve Taft from uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. Hey, Wendy and I are going to take a break right now, but uh, scheduled next is Cabo Greg Arisby from Lands and Charters uh, from Cabo San Lucas. We're going to talk a little bit about the San Jose, the, uh, the Cabo Tuna Jackpot that just ended here. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. Our hours are Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. See you there. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with a brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. 
Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the rock lease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Wiggy and I want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, you just heard that ad for Lands End Charters, and we just happened to have Cabo Greg Arisby with us. And Cabo Greg, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thanks for having me back, guys. Happy to be on with you. Well, happy to be here, but you know. There was a big event, another big event down in uh, Cabo San Lucas, and man, what was it all about? We we knew there was great anticipation that it was going to be a big event and a lot of fish caught. What actually happened? Well, you know, every year we look forward to this tournament, the Western Outdoor News uh, Tuna Jackpot Tournament, and uh, boy, it didn't disappoint again this year. Um, it was incredible. The amount of fish caught was uh outstanding and i think they had the largest prize pool ever at a little over a million dollars that were given out uh, actually today so uh it was insane it was incredible and uh it was a lot of fun and uh we look forward every every year to this tournament it's really good i think uh when we had pac mcdonald on he was indicating that the uh uh the total jackpot would exceed a million dollars and i'm not mistaken the first place team uh, got a pretty hefty share of that pot. I'm staring at the check. Somebody sent me a picture of it. Uh, $420,235 for a tuna that was 345 pounds. I think it was the third biggest tuna ever caught in this tournament uh, for a team called Sirena, which is out of uh, San Jose del Cabo. And, uh, uh, man, what a fish and what a check. I mean, $420,000, a lot of money. <laughs> Buy wow. you a nice boat. You know, when we had uh, Bill Boyce on a couple of weeks ago, he fished the Bisbee, and yep. they had some luck with uh, Marlin, obviously, but there weren't a lot of reports of tuna. Uh, now you get the uh, uh, the Cabo uh, uh, tuna uh, jackpot, and there was a lot of fish caught. So is there a distinctive different way of fishing for the Marlin than there is fishing for these big tuna? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, the, the one thing to keep in mind is 150-something boats in this tournament this year, and they're scattered all over, and their goal is to hunt for these big tuna. And so there's certain banks that we all know that produce these fish. Um, and so, you know, the way you fish for them, the tackle, the, uh, the, uh, the um, um, you know, gear that you use a little bit different, and the way you set up a little bit different, you know, the speed you troll at a little different. So it's a, it's a different game, and... You know, with tuna fishing for yellowfin tuna, you really have to know what you're doing. You really have to know how to handle a rod with, when you're on one of these teams. Um, and, you know, um, it's, it's certainly a different different type of fishing from marlin fishing where, 
you know, it's a it's a it's a different setup and a different deal. And uh, I'm happy to to tell you that the, the tuna fishing's been good and it's going to stay good. It's probably be good through the through the entire year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw bigger fish caught before the end of the year is out. We've seen big ones. So, you know, uh, it just came at the right time. There was plenty of fish, and it was exciting. And seeing a 345-pound fish is always uh, always nice to see. <laughs> it's a big fish. You know, when we uh, come down to Cabo San Lucas, and let's say we decide to charter with a company like Lands End Charters, what is mm-hmm. the, the range of, of ocean that we're actually looking at that are the, the good grounds for uh, tuna fishing uh, there? So, you know, we have a lot of good grounds, and depending on conditions and, and uh, time of year, you know, everywhere from the Gordo Banks, we get out to the Imam Banks, uh, you know, with big long-range trips, we can go out to Las Frailes up in the East Cape, um, the, San, the San Jaime Bank, 1150 Bank, uh, um, you know, it's just straight out from us or in the Pacific. So really it depends on, you know, what, what conditions are like, but we have lots of good spots here where we can find big yellowfin tuna. And they're still in day range, which is nice, right? So, you know, we don't have to do an overnight charter. You can do a day charter and still land big, nice fish. And uh, and uh, uh, this is the time of year. So now between the end of the year, it's a good time to come down. And then when we do come down, you know, a lot of times we're sort of like uh, putting together a little vacation, a little sightseeing, you know, because sure. we you know, uh, and then, uh, and we're not necessarily bringing all our gear with us. We may bring a reel, maybe a couple of lures or anything like that. When yep. we uh, book with Lands End Charters, uh, you have all the stuff we need that we really don't have to worry about bringing down the gear. That's right. And, you know, it's really important. If, if you call in and you tell us, hey, I want to do some big yellowfin tuna fishing, there's certain boats that are, are equipped specifically for that, you know, that have kite rigs and all the downriggers, um, you know, all the, uh, all the right uh, tackling gear, big 80-wide reels, you know, th- that are going to put you in a good spot to catch a big fish. If that's your goal, the best thing to do is just let us know, hey, this is what I'm after, and then we know which boats are going to have the crews and the equipment. Because, not, you know, the smaller the boat, the less likely it's going to have uh, the, the bigger gear for this type of fishing. But if that's your goal and you tell us about it, we know what boat to put you on. We have a large fleet, as you know. And, uh, and some of these boat captains are specialists in yellowfin tuna. In fact, uh, Captain Antonio del Torito held the – uh, world record for the largest yellowfin tuna at 407 pounds for many years until it was broken by another guy here on another boat. But, um, yeah, so we, we have the gear and uh, and the equipment and the tackle. And like you said, if you want to bring your lucky lure, your, you know, favorite cedar plug and go for it, you know, that's good. But we have everything you need for sure. Well, you know, we're, uh, we're always talking about tuna fishing and marlin fishing, but how about yep. the, the fisherman that wants to come down there and he goes, you know, I want to try – and get a rooster fish of a lifetime. Or I understand that there are some great bottom fish over there. And I, yep. and I want to really bring home some really quality, let's say, grouper or whatever it is. Yep. Can they really tailor their trip to do just that? Absolutely. So, you know, again, we have boats that specialize in, like, bottom fishing. Um, there's a 24-foot center console. My, my nephew's on the boat. And uh, called the Sea Boy, and this guy knows every spot, every crevice. It seems like every year he could, you know, puts a big grouper on, or you know, a, a big giant, uh, um, you know, um, snapper or something, something huge uh, bottom fishing. And then others that really like to rooster fish, you know, catch rooster fish and have uh, know where those fish are and, and are really good at it. So the key is to let us know what you're looking for, what you're trying to do, and then we'll line that up with the right captain, the right boat. And, you know, the right time of year to give you an idea of when to come. 
Um, uh, so yeah, absolutely. All the all the all the different species here, all the pelagic fish and all the inshore fish, we have uh, guides and and uh, captains that know what they're doing with those types of fish for sure. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Greg, uh, the a lot of the fish that were caught for the uh, the Cabo tuna jackpot, you know, they were brought in and weighed and everything like that. But the guys don't necessarily bring those uh, fish home. A lot of those fish actually go to philanthropic organizations down in Cabo San Lucas. That's that's correct. Yeah, and that's one of the best. You know, a lot of people ask me, John, that you know these tournaments they do so much for the local economy, not only for the fishing. Uh, folks like us and, and the crews that really look forward to this sort of thing. But it's for the locals. You know, a lot of this fish, most of the fish with the tuna jackpot with the Bisbees, it gets donated to the orphanages, you know, to the uh, old folks' homes here, um, to people that could really use the fish. And they all look forward to it. Trust me, I, I know the director of one of these homes, and he cleans out his freezer, makes sure he's got room because he knows that that fish is coming in. It'll feed people for literally months. So it's always awesome. People ask me about that all the time. Um, you know, because we're a catch and release fleet, but but when these tournaments come and these big fish, not, nothing is wasted, and that's the most important thing to me is that fish don't get wasted and get killed for nothing. They go to good organizations that really use it, and so it's awesome. And uh, and uh, tuna jackpot does the same thing every year, and it's it's really really great. If we are planning a trip down to Cabo San Lucas and we want to go fishing for a day or two, whatever it is, can you give us a general overview on when it is? good to book for what particular species or is there you know is it a a a 12 month uh, a year type of thing or what greg it it is a 12 month we have great fishing here all year long depending on species right um on our website we have a great chart uh the cabo fishing chart at the top of the page you'll see a link that says cabo fishing chart it'll go through and break down the species that we see in different times of year and then i've broken it down further into each month what you can expect to catch. And if you take a look at that, it'll give you a really good idea uh, of what to look for. Um, but year-round, we have good fishing. Between now and January, February, we have really, really good billfish, um, good tuna, good dorado, good wahoo, um, good pelagic fish. And then going into the summer months, we get really good bottom fish, rooster fish, um, you know, inshore fishing, sierra mackerel, yellowtail. Um, so, so lots of good species to target. And, again, if you just tell me when you call let us know, and it happens every day. Let us know what you're looking for. We can make sure that we give you the right time of year. And the website has really good information as well. But uh, for sure, all year long, we have good fishing. September's tough because of hurricane season. But other than that, it's good all year long. If I want to come on down there, and let's say I don't want to rent a car or anything like that, mm-hmm. I give you a call and I go, Cabo Greg, I want to go out with you for a couple of days. But can you recommend to me a hotel where I can go to, where I can uh, pick up uh, a courtesy a van that'll take me to the hotel and then getting back and forth from you and everything like that. Can you make recommendations like that? So I, I feel comfortable yep. in booking with you. Yeah. So having been here for so long, we know a lot of the small operators of these little small uh, hotels. If you're looking for a big resort, there's plenty of those. We can help with that. But a lot of people that come down and fish, they want, you know, a clean, safe place to stay, not a lot of money. They, they want to spend their money fishing, which, you know, we, we will help with, and we have places that start at 50 bucks a night. You know, there's a lot of Airbnbs now where, you know, you can get a really good deal on a nice little condo by the marina. So um, if you just let us know, again, what you're looking for, we'll, we'll help you point you in the right direction. We can arrange things like transportation from the airport, transportation to the marina, all that stuff we can do. So we really try to make it turnkey depending on, you know, some people have never been to Cabo, which, you know, if you're in Southern California, it's hard to believe, but it's true. A lot of people have never been here. 
And so, you know, we can help you set that all up and, and, uh, and make it an easy process. So it's just turnkey, get up and fit, fish and, and, uh, and uh, not have to worry about anything else. And, and absolutely, we can help with that. Just give us a call. Well, you know, where you come in with your experience, Cobble Greg, is for especially those people that haven't been down there. And I, I've got to tell you, uh, I know that a lot of your business is dependent on people that have been there before and they come back every right. year and plan to go out with you. But there's still a lot of newbies coming on down there and you're uh, showing them a great experience coming on down there to the East Cape in uh, uh, Cabo San Lucas. Yep, absolutely. We're very proud of the fact that we've been a TripAdvisor uh, recipient of their uh, of their uh, Certificate of Excellence for the last four years running. And it's because we take good care of our clients. We want to make sure they have a good time. But most of all, no hassles, no headaches, get out and fish, have a good time, and not have to worry about anything but, you know, what you come down to do, which is have a great time and, and not uh, worry and stress. And uh, I take a lot of pride in that. My staff takes a lot of pride in that. And uh, it's, it's always good to, to hear the stories of people having a good time and us helping them All out. Right. Uh, Greg, tell us about the, the vessels that uh, um, the Lands End Charters has and give us an idea of how's the best way to get a hold of you and put ourselves on a vessel to do exactly what we want to do. So we have vessels from 22 feet to 90 feet, everything in between, you know, your average uh, uh you know, 28, 30 footers, we have plenty of those. We, the best way to find out information is on our website, landsandcharters.com, or give us a call toll-free anytime, 800-281-5778, and we'll be happy to take care of you. And we have prices everywhere from a couple hundred bucks on up, and so there's something for everyone, and every one of our captains has at least 20 years' experience, and so um, you'll be uh, on a good boat with a good crew and a, and a good guide and, uh, and to have a good time. All right. Well, Captain Greg, thanks a lot for that report. We look forward to coming on down with visiting with you. I know Stan does it on a regular basis. Uh, I maybe see him all what the time. we can do, we can get a Ron Real <laughs> radio trip going down there, bring Wendy down there because uh, she's actually the uh, uh, the star of our whole fishing operation <laughs> over here. I think she outfishes both Stan and I, uh, you know, all around. So uh, we're going to want to do that. I'd love to meet you, Wendy, anytime. We're happy to have you. Let us know. Sounds like a great plan to me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, Cobble Greg, thanks a lot for uh, being on with us here, and we uh, look forward to speaking to you again in the not-too-distant future, okay? i got some really exciting stuff to share with you next time I'm on. I hope to be on soon. i got some good stuff for your listeners. So thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, have a good one. Let's make it a, a point for sure. Hey, for sure. Uh, <laughs> while we were speaking with Cobble Greg, I got a, a text from uh, – uh, Rob uh, Tressler and Lori Heath, they had been out during the week on the Thunderbird. Rob had 20 fish for 30 bites. This was a two-day. Lori had 17 fish for 20 bites. And they're going, he said, the, the fishing's so good. Rob's going to be playing hooky from work. And they're going out on the Thunderbird again tonight for a two-day trip. So that's how good the fishing is out there, everybody. Wendy? We're sitting here. Even Stan's out there doing it right now. I know. We're the only ones keeping holding the fort down. But uh, come December 1st, it's my turn. You bet. We'll talk about that in a little bit. You know, we want to remind you, when you go down to Cabo San Lucas, please make sure you visit with Sissy Plemons down there at uh, Bajo de Luna or La Golandrina restaurants. Two fabulous places to eat there in Cabo San Lucas. And if you make your reservation, mention Rod and Real Radio, or when you come in, you mention Rod and Real Radio. Not only will you get a complimentary beverage, but you'll get 
10% off your entire tab. And I bet you when you go there with a gang like Stan goes with, that 10% can go a long way. So, hey, everyone, we're going to take a break right now. But coming up next, Chad Gerlich from Hookup Bates is going to be with us. He's going to talk about the trip that he just came back from on Pyramid Lake with Bill Boyce going after those giant trout. Let's see how they did. But first, a word from our sponsors. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. We want to tell our listeners a little about Bajo La Luna Restaurant, located within a lush hidden garden in the heart of Cabo San Lucas. This family-run restaurant offers patrons a selection of unbelievable tapas, the most delicious Mexican entrees, an outstanding selection of wines, and crafted cocktails, and the most amazing desserts, all served in an upscale, casual, outdoors atmosphere at prices you'll find very affordable. When you visit Bajo La Luna, mention Rod and Real Radio, and there might just be a complimentary beverage served with your dining experience. Bajo La Luna is located right across the street from Cabo Wabo and offers free or valet parking. Get all the information you'll need to visit Bajo La Luna Restaurant on Facebook. Just click their direct link icon found on RodandRealRadio.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Wendy Toshihara and I, we want to welcome you back again to Rod and Real Radio. Hey, last week, 
we had on as a special guest, Mr. Bill Boyce. And Bill was on his way up to uh, Reno, Nevada, and he was looking with eager anticipation on fishing Pyramid Lake. He was with Chad Gerlich from Hookup Baits, and they were getting ready to have what they was hoping going to be an epic time on Pyramid Lake, catching those big trout. Well, we got Chad Gerlich with us to find out exactly how that trip went. So, Chad, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Always good to talk to you guys. Hey, great having us, Chad. You know, well, when we chimed in with you last week, you guys were uh, ready to sit down to a great prime rib dinner uh, in Reno. But more importantly, you were looking forward to going on out. You looked like you were going to have great weather to go fish Pyramid and go after some of the giant trout there. How how did that trip turn out? Oh, man. man. Yeah, we talk about we were waiting to do it. You know, I've been to Pyramid four times. It's always been on my kayak, though, and I've always been on my bucket list to fish Pyramid up from a boat. Uh, so Bill brought us a cool little uh, power skiff up there and uh, towed up there just great. And, uh, yeah, we had the great best weather you can ask for, for especially for, ne- for November. Um, no wind and, you know, mid-60s. And uh, we knew the hookup baits were going to go to work on that lake. And uh, so... We were very eager to get out there, and uh, we got out there at sunlight. And, you know, Bill's been out on the lake a few times, and he does mostly the deep drop stuff, where I've always fish shallow out of the kayak. So we started with the deep drop stuff, and it was a slow start, you know, and and uh, we weren't getting too much fishing deep. I was sitting there fishing, heard a fish roll behind me, reeled up, cast it at that roll, and then caught the first fish, um, you know, just with – on that surface so i told bill hey i think we need to be looking for shallower fish and fish that are rolling that's how i always get them but you know bill was like well let's keep it let's keep it honest and uh try the deep stuff for a little you know we got two days so we tried the deep stuff and bill ended up to catch one deep on a three-eighths hookup bait so it was kind of cool to see a trout on a bigger bait and it was a really nice uh native trout he caught too so but uh, about midday, midday we changed things up and went across the lake and found some shallower water. And it was actually a, we were looking at a geyser. You know, both of us never seen the geyser up there on the north end of uh, Pyramid Lake. So Bill was taking pictures and everything else. And I'm looking around. I told Bill, "Say, Bill, this is where we're, we're going to catch them." He goes, "Really? This shallow?" When I looked at the meter, we're on in 15 feet of water. I said, "Yep, we're going to get them here." And started fishing and within 10 minutes i hooked one then we started seeing rolls and then there's just another one then another one and it just went off that even day evening you know up until 2 30 we only had two or three fish on the boat and then just the last you know three hours of daylight we put another 12 or so on the boat and but the size range was just insane that every fish was between probably seven and 12 pounds i mean <laughs> the, the quality was just outrageous wow. Um, so, you know, then going back the next day and, you know, we found them and we were hoping that that, that action was going to be all day, but the action actually turned into, it was still slow picking. It was a lot better in the first day, but, you know, and it was pretty steady action. It was a fish. It, either one of us was catching a fish within every half hour or so throughout the day. And was, again, the size was just, everything was five pounds or above. And then at once that, 2.33 o'clock 
range hit, and then it just went crazy again where we're getting, I think we had three double doubles where we're both catching 10-pound fish at the same time and stuff like that. And then as soon as that sun hits the, the horizon, the bite just stops. <laughs> so, mm. but, but we had a sunset, that the best sunset I've ever seen. So we just stopped fishing and started taking pictures. Um, but it was just an amazing trip for both of us. Um, weather-wise, fish-wise, quality-wise, um, we were fishing. We fished all sizes. The well, not all sizes, but the 16 eighths, quarters, three eighths, all hookup baits. The only stuff we used. Um, but the best size was the 116, the two two inch 116. You know, to see a 10, 12 pound trout, you know, especially those cutthroats have those huge mouths. That little 16 16 pounds jig in their mouth. It's like, what, it, what are you doing? Eat this little thing, but. That's what they're liking. They're liking that small bait. Um, and the black and gold was by far was what they were loving, that black and gold. And it was all top water. Was all, most of our fish were caught under 15 feet of water. So, um, Chad, was there, wanted, was there any different every, technique that you were using uh, as opposed to, let's say, when you're fishing spotted bay bass and you're fishing uh, shallow fish like that, let's say, or at San Diego Bay or Newport or wherever it is? Uh, Something different about the technique you were doing to catch these fish? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when you're fishing the bait, the bass, mostly everything with bass, you know, especially the saltwater bass, it's most of your bites are going to come on the sink. You know, pretty much eighty percent of your bites or so are on the on the drop. Where I only got one fish on the drop. I saw one roll, casted at it, and he ate it on the drop. Everything else was on the retrieve. You know, anything like trout, salmon, tuna, yellowtail, any fish that are up on the high high in the water column that like to chase, they like to get on their retrieve. Structure-type fish, rock cod, bass, and all that, they like it on the fall. So um, also these trout like it on the retrieve. It just basically get a nice long cast. Usually we'd give it a 5 or 10 count and just a nice steady um, slow reel and just uh, twitching your rod to it and making that thing the dart left and right as you're doing a slow retrieve with it. And then it would just... Stop and load up, and and these those trout up there just—it's all head shakes. Really, as soon as you set the hook, it just head shakes, head shakes, head shakes, rolling, head shakes, and then they're not scared of the boat. It's really kind of weird watching catching these big fish. You get them to the boat, they come like right to the boat, and then the rest of the fight is just straight under the boat, going back and forth under the boat. <laughs> and and uh, so you know, catching a twelve-pound trout on four pound wasn't that hard to do. Um, they they're not—they don't go to the structure. Um, they have nowhere to go. So I used all day on Sunday, I used my four pound rod and, uh, it was pretty confident if I hooked a 20 pound trot, I'd be able to get them in kind of thing. That's what we're both hoping for is <laughs> towards the end of the day. It was like, oh, it's just another 10 pounder. <laughs> that was a joke for the day. <laughs> Isn't every time you could say that, uh, how about the water quality there? Could you use a regular uh, monofilament? Were you using a, uh, Spectra with a floral leader, or, or what were you, uh, you know, set up yeah, with? Uh, uh, Bill used my rods pretty much the whole weekend, uh, and I had them all with a Power Pro, uh, Max Quattro, uh, on the rods he was using. I think I had 10 pound Max Quattro on his rods, and then I had four pound Nano Fill um, braid on my rod, and then uh, either four pound floral on my rods, and he was using six pound floral on his rods. And uh, we actually did jump up to eight pound, and we did see a bite. You know, he he, I got I had one of the rods set up with eight pound floral, 
and he wasn't getting bit. And as soon as he changed it down to six pound fluoro, he started getting bit again. So they they were a little bit line shy, it seems like. So you know, it had, you had to have it set up right to get get them to bite. Now, I know they have some slot limits and size limits and everything like that. Did you uh, wind up keeping any fish or was this, uh, for the most part, catch and release? Yeah, the slot limit, I believe, was uh, something like 18 to 21 21 inch, somewhere around there, as for, you know, the smaller fish. And then over, I think it was 25 inches is what we're going by. Over 25 inch you can keep. So we kept... Uh, Bill wanted to bring some trout home, so the second day we kept four trout that were all over the over the 25 inch. So basically, kept four 10 pounders for him. He was like keeping four salmon, basically. Um, but you know, the second day we caught around probably 30 fish, with a majority of them in that eight to 10 pound range. I think we caught on the second day where there's three or four that were like around 12 pounds. So um, there's plenty of 10-pounders in that lake, so I didn't feel bad about keeping four 10-pounders for, you know, table fare, which is only half our limb. We were allowed two apiece each day, so we just kept four the second day. I know so, you're getting late, getting late in the season up there, but did you see a lot of other fishermen up there, and did you have a chance to kind of share uh, some stories with them? Was the fishing that you were seeing was it fairly typical of what everyone was seeing or did you just get into something special not only where you were but also with the baits that you were using yeah um it's um even like i said this was my fifth time fishing pyramid and uh all the other times i fished at crosby and uh at crosby lodge there and then you know the, you, the bar there you talk to all the guys been fishing and stuff and I always seemed to do better than most that were fishing when I was with the hookup baits compared to what they were throwing. So I knew we were going to do pretty well, but it seems like right now everybody's stuck on that deep drop. Everyone's fishing 80, 90 feet, um, trolling with downriggers. Everyone I've seen fishing was either doing deep jigging or trolling with downrigger, uh, where we totally went totally different and did shallow. (laughs) And that's where our action was. So, yeah, we totally fished way different than everyone else on the lake um we've seen 20 to 30 boats both days we were at that were parked at the lawn tramp you know, or 20 50 20 to 30 rigs that were at the lawn tramp so um not a lot of people fishing but there's but there's still you know for a lake that size when we enter that north side we've seen one boat came by each day we're up there so and they just were trolling so then they didn't stop and fish so we had the whole area to ourselves. So that that's that lake was so big, everyone spreads out. You know, it's kind of typical to get that, especially fishing weekday. Were the fish so, that you were finding shallow? Were they kind of on structure? Were they on flats? Or was it hard to tell what you were fishing over because you just count down and reel back and boffo, they were there. Uh, most of the time, it was, it was it was watching for uh, boils, basically, or just rolls. Um, I mean, you get these 10-pound fish rolling. It seems like a yellowtail. You know, so they're up on top chasing something. And, uh, and all of a sudden you just get this massive um, uh, aggressive boil. You know, and you'd hear it. And then we'd, okay, there's one boil over there. And we'd just kind of go towards that, fish our way kind of towards where we've seen the last boil. And we'd, we'd get hit. Or if they boil, like, close enough to the boat, you know, as soon as you cast at it, that's happened multiple times. Like, you know, oh, one just rolled right there. We'd both reel in, throw at it, and one of us would hook it. So 
those are the fish that are up high, up on the surface, chasing some small bait. And uh, that's that's what that black one sixteenth bait uh, jig was just imitating whatever they're chasing perfectly. And they were loving. Well, Chad, right now we're uh, coming into uh, trout season here with uh, not only Santee Lakes, Jennings, uh, uh, Santa Ana River Lakes, and a lot of uh, stocking happening down here. Uh, tell us what would the suggestion be uh, the hookup baits that fishermen should be using for the best chance to to catch a lot of these stock fish that are that are coming into our lakes right now uh the the stock fish around here they absolutely love these baits um that's uh, people don't know that's how hookup baits started it was actually making the small trout jigs um so it's the 132 i like the 132nd ounce is that that's the smallest one we make um, a lot of times they put these stock trout in they're a little finicky because they came you know a truck ride and everything else then you know contrary to most belief you know they can be a little picky so it's a small bait real finesse small bait light line and uh, that 132nd ounce really gets them well um and this you know my my theory is when you Get a fresh stock lake. You know, there's a lot of stock in the lake. They, the stock hasn't been really hit yet. Use the brightest, most attracted color you can get. Mine, my choice would be the yellow and white one. Because, um, you know, you put a stocking of trout in, it has the majority of, just like any population, it's a majority of them are dumb. They're going to bite anything. So get a bright one, that you catch the dumb ones. Then once the stock's been hit pretty good, then you've got to go to the natural colors to get the little bit smarter fish in the school to, to uh, bite so um real fresh stock stock the 132nd yellow white always does the trick and then uh, if you got some fish that have been hit a little bit the 132nd black and gold is all my go-to uh, that always works everywhere then the brown gold is another really good one uh pink pink and silver is another really good one um they really all work but the brown gold black gold is probably the most common one that works pretty much anywhere you go. And the, and the technique that you recommend is same that you were using up in pyramid cast, uh, mm-hmm. countdown, and then slow retrieve with a little bit of a twitch in the middle. Yep, exactly. Um, it's just a slow, steady retrieve and just bouncing your rod tip. I got a really cool video. If you go to my YouTube page uh, or our, our, our website, we have instructional videos on every technique for bass, yellowtail, and then I have one especially there for trout that shows the, the retrieve, um, the setup, and everything else that you would that I would recommend for catching, you know, the local trout. So that, that well, could be very you, helpful. I know you have good dealers all around uh, Southern California for the hookup baits, but if people want to see the selection of colors and sizes, and and I know you have direct links to videos and everything like that, uh, what's your site that people can do this at? And if they can't get to a dealer, that they can actually purchase right off your site, uh, Chad? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, that's hookupbaits.com. Um, and like I said, it's, uh, like you were mentioning, I, I would rather people buy them from the tackle shops. Um, support your local tackle shops, for definitely. Um, but you can order the baits from there also. But, yeah, that's a link. Everything you can get to, the, all the videos, all the baits, you, you can see all the different sizes, all from hookupbaits.com. All right, Chad. Thanks a lot for relating uh, to us your uh, trip up to Pyramid Lake. It sounded like it was epic. I, I, <laughs> you, 
you're ready to go again next week, aren't you? <laughs> well, I, I actually was begging Bill to stay another day. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I talked to JoJo, and you know, she's like, fishing's so good, just stay. I'm like, hey, that's a good idea. Hey, Bill, let's stay. And he had to get home, though. So. But we did fish All our right. way back. Um, we hit uh, Virginia Lakes, and it was really cool. The, the brook trout are spawning at Virginia Lakes. Um, so it was really cool to see there's hundreds of little brook trout up in the stream uh, feeding Virginia Lakes. It was really cool to see. Um, we caught a bunch of fit, bunch of trout and stuff, but uh, it, it was just all, right. all you know, we, we, I caught that big brown trout on the way up out of the Walker River and then a couple other nice trout. Then we caught all those brook, those cutthroats at Pyramid. Then we caught a bunch of fish on the way home. So it was just good fishing all the way around. So And Bill's just great company. He's such a good guy. Um, and me and him travel and fish well together. So we're looking forward to another adventure together. All right. Chad Gerlich kept a uh, trip with uh, hookup baits. But, you know, if you uh, pick up hookup baits at your local dealers, you're going to make just about every trip you go on an epic trip. Uh, Chad, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. Uh, no problem, John. Thank you for having me. All right. Hey, uh, stay tuned. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, Wendy and I, though, when we come back, Boy, what can I tell you? Jimmy Houston's going to be on with us. So, you know, you're going to want to hear everything he's got to say. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. Our hours are Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. See you there. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. 
Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Libby and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, just a fast note over here. You know, we all like to travel, whether it's for business or it's pleasure. But one thing we all like to do, it's save money. Well, we got a travel tip for you. Bill Boyce has put together a travel website for you that can save you a lot of money. You can become your own travel agent. The site is bookwithboyce.com. You're going to save yourself 5 to 35% on all nationally advertised travel rates. You want to uh, go to Mexico? You want to go to Hawaii? Bookwithboyce.com can offer you outstanding prices. And here's the deal. There's no surprises for accommodations, rental cars, or activities. So try bookwithboyce.com now and thank Bill Boyce later on. Hey, again, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. We also want to, Wendy and I, we want to welcome now our special guest, I want to thank him for taking time to call us. We know it's been a busy week going to shows and traveling around the country, but let's give a big Rod and Real Radio hello to Mr. Jimmy Houston. Jimmy, welcome to Rod and Real Radio. Hey, guys. How are you doing, man? Hey, Jimmy. Glad you're Hey, how, how are you doing? Good to hear, hear your voice. Oh, pretty good. You know, Jimmy, I, I, a lot of things I want to talk to you about, but, you know, when we think of Jimmy Houston, we, we think about television and we talk about fishing and everything else like that. But Jimmy Houston is a brand that transcends just far beyond the outdoors. And I think that's that that's kind of pertinent to the show you just came back from where you were a major part of your sponsor's promotional products there. Tell us about the show you just came from. Well, John, we were actually at uh, the SEMA Auto Show uh, and the Apex Aftermarket Show, which is a big auto show in Las Vegas. I've been going out there several years working for sponsors, and it, uh, uh, it, it you know, they have like 160,000 people at that show. It's a tremendously large show, some of the most amazing automobiles that you have ever seen. And uh, I was out there working for Shell Oil Company. We, we uh, represent their Shell Rotella brands and Finn's Oil. And uh, and also do a little bit with them with Quaker State. We actually work with with all three of those brands. Our main brand that we promote is Shell Rotella, uh, which is uh, over the years have been a diesel oil. They now have a gas truck oil that works in your regular gas pickups and SUVs also. And and also I was out there working with O'Reilly Auto Parts. We do an awful lot with O'Reilly Auto Parts. We promote their Super Start battery and and just uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts stores in general. You know. You know, they have over 5,500 stores right now. It's kind of amazing uh, the success of that little company started over there in uh, Springfield, Missouri. It's almost like a little bit like another little company that started over in Springfield, Missouri <laughs> called Bass Pro Shop. You know? <laughs> and they have a history together. They really do. It's kind of amazing. They go way back 
uh, back to Johnny Morris's father and Chubb Moore, uh, Chubb uh, O'Reilly, the guy that started O'Reilly. It's kind, kind of amazing when you think about some of the great success stories that we have in America. It makes you proud to be an American. I know that. Well, you know, and I know we had you on one time when you had the opportunity to go to the White House representing an American-made product, got a chance to meet uh, President Trump and share some experiences with him. So, uh, you know, you go far beyond fishing over here, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, we our whole life has built, been built around fishing, you know, ever since we graduated from college. And, uh, you know, I'm a little upset, though, really, because I, I invited President Trump to go fishing and uh, I've been waiting on my phone. Ha- he hasn't come yet, you know, and I've been if, – if he needs to get reelected here in about another year, he needs to go fish with Jimmy Houston. That's all I can say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be inviting him back to any more Alabama games. Not that they didn't give him no, a No, they might not welcome, do that either. Welcome. You're right. I, I might sink my boat, you know. Yeah, that was a, that was an amazing, amazing deal right there, you know. And, uh, of course, he was in uh, Louisiana just a day or two before that. So I kind of think he's uh, not – you know, he's, he's prided himself on not being a politician, but he, he kind of covered his his ground there. He went to Louisiana and, and Monroe one day and Baton Rouge another day, and then he, and then he went down to uh, the Alabama game. So uh, they, they kind of thought he was pulling for both teams, and, and I, I, I guess he probably was. You know, Jimmy, let, let's go back to the way, way back machine, and we talk about the brand Jimmy Houston. And, and do you think that Jimmy Houston was built more on – your fishing abilities and tournament fishing, or do you think it was the exposure that you got on your uh, television shows? Well, I, I think, John, really it's a, it's a combination of both. Uh, we had really, really good success in tournaments for an awful lot of years. You know, we've been fishing tournaments for 54 years, uh, and, and on the profession, at, you know, at the, at the top level, fishing national tournaments for 54 years. And uh, if I decide to fish again next year on, on either uh, FLW or BASS, it'll be 55 years. I just haven't quite made that determination yet. i got to make my mind up on that probably within the next 30 days. But, uh, but, but it, it's a combination of both. The, the tournament certainly gave me the, uh, you know, it gave me the, 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 the avenue to do everything else that we've done. And the tournament success is what gave me that. That avenue, uh, you know, because of good tournament success, I was invited on a lot of early television shows. Uh, one being John Fox, who was the he, uh, his show was called The American Angler. Uh, I was on his show uh, before I ever, we ever had our show. I was on local shows here in Oklahoma. Uh, Don Wallace out of Oklahoma City, who, by the way, Don's still alive and doing well. Uh, Joe Krieger out of Tulsa, uh, his show, and, and and Joe has passed on, but. Uh, you know, we were guests on those other outdoor shows, actually some of them back when we were actually in high school and college, you know, because my dad owned a resort on the lake and we fished a lot and, and kind of built up a reputation of catching a lot of fish around locally here in Oklahoma. And because of that, I, I got invited on those local shows. And uh, and then when we started fishing national tournaments, got invited on on uh, national shows, you, you know, though I, I go a long way back. Uh, the first BASS tournament I fished was Ufall, Alabama, which was the second or third tournament that BASS ever had in the history of bass. And I got the lead in that tournament the first day as 15 bass limit, and I caught 11 that weighed 52 pounds and eight ounces. And and then you know that sort of catapulted a you know a, a, a young kid into 
a little bit of the national spotlight. All of a sudden, you know, uh, I right, started spending time with Ray Scott and, and Forrest Wood. And I, I sold me a boat right off the bat and, and gave me a really good deal on a boat. I, I had a Ranger boat, and it was a, in late 1968. Uh, it was a 69 model, but, you know, I mean, I almost had a Ranger boat from the very first year they've had it, and, and I've had them ever since. So uh, it's a combination of being fortunate and doing well in tournaments and uh, and then – when we started doing those television shows, other uh, folks, you know, started saying, man, you ought to do your own television show. And, and we kind of started exploring that. And, and after a while, eventually did that. And uh, that's, um, you know, um, not centuries ago, but certainly decades ago, <laughs> a long time. <laughs> and, and we've been really blessed, you know, and when you look at Bill Dance and Roland Martin and myself, those are three of the longest running shows in the history of television, not just fishing shows, but, uh, all television shows and, and all three shows are still uh, running and shooting new shows every year. And, and uh, I think only a couple soap uh, opera um, shows have been on longer than we have on national television. So it's, it's been a pretty charmed and pretty, pretty blessed life. And I'm humbled by it. You know, Jimmy, uh, Rod Real Radio has been around long enough that uh, We've had the opportunity to have some of my friends in the industry that I've known from way back on. We've had Cotton Cordell on. We've had Stan Flagerstrom on. Some of the guys that aren't with us anymore, and we had Jerry McGinnis on with us. And I, I don't, I didn't, I don't think I really realized until I read his book, and then seeing some of the uh, comments from relatives uh, when he passed on just the importance of an individual like a Jerry McGinnis was to uh, uh, the fishing industry and to the everyday fishermen out there. And, and can you share with us uh, maybe some of your remembrances of Jerry? Well, you know, John, those three names that you mentioned right there, all very, very good friends of mine, and, and all, all of those guys have gone on to be with the Lord. But uh, those individuals right there that you mentioned, uh, you know, could could fill up, uh, you know, the annals of, of fishing and bass fishing history. They, they, those guys, they're right there, all three of them, uh, had, uh, you know, had as much influence on this industry as anyone. And uh, Jerry certainly, certainly did, you know. And the, the amazing and great thing about Jerry, you know, I started with a national television show, as did Roland Martin and, and several others. Uh, Bill Dance started locally in Memphis and, and Jerry started right there in Little Rock with a little local fishing show and basically fishing only, you know, one or two lakes around there and, and built that up and, into a show that, you know, he spent like, like I did over 20 years on ESPN. And, uh, but, you know, that was just sort of a small part of really Jerry's importance in this business. He was a, an accomplished tournament fisherman, did very, very well in, in the BASS tournaments. Uh, obviously, uh, on, on the show on television for, I don't really even know how many years, but, uh, lots and lots of years. And, uh, and, and the thing about Jerry with his television show is he, he really, he really spent a lot of time in preparation for that show that, uh, in, in a little bit differently than I do mine. Everyone does outdoor fishing shows differently, um, to me, an outdoor fishing show has always been a reality show. Uh, and I tell people we were doing reality shows before the word reality show ever came about uh, because we would simply go out and, and put a camera in the boat and start fishing and let the fishing day make the show. Uh, we never, ever looked at ourselves as the star of the show. We felt like the fish were the stars. 
and we were simply uh, letting them facilitate how they wanted to be portrayed that day, and whether they were big ones or little ones or breaking your line or breaking rods or snakes in the boat and all of that kind of stuff. It's the same thing that that um, the, the same thing that happens to make a fishing day a fishing day. If you go fishing by yourself or with your buddy or your wife or your kids, the things that happen during that day make that day special. Uh, and uh, and that's what we that's the approach we always took. And Gary, on the other hand, uh, had a really professional approach and and really planned things out pretty meticulously. Planned his day out, planned very shots out, and planned a lot of things that he wanted to do and uh, and, and make sure he got them in there. And and uh, so it, it that was the thing that that always astounded me uh, about Gary is he uh, you know he he was a good planner on on television and. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, and he brought uh, so much to the game, to the tournament game even. Once he got out of the tournament game, he, because of his knowledge inside of it, he brought a lot to the game. He brought a lot to the, uh, the BASS telecast over the years, uh, not only as a good commentator, but as an innovator in showing fishing on television in its very best life. And, and the other thing about Jerry is, is sort of a uh, – relevant to all of the professional bass fishermen and the, the big names in the industry is there, there's just not there was just not any negativity about anything that he did and uh, and and that's pretty uh, prevalent in you know throughout our industry you know uh, we we're not like some sports that you know guys make a living saying the bad things about players and coaches and managers and team owners and stuff like that this has been a game where just about everybody in there is always showing the the positive aspect and the good aspect of the game and whatever happens bad, they just let it lie. Nobody ever talks about it. And, and I think that Jerry was the epitome of that also. And uh, he just was a, a, a giant in the industry. There's, there's just no doubt about it. And, you know, you know, I think too, he's an accomplished fly fisherman, which not many bass tournament fishermen are, but, but he, he's really, really good at that also. Wow. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, you talk about organization. I mean, uh, when he was with ESPN, ESPN bought BASS. He uh, he really catapulted the game for that organization too. Well, there, there's no doubt about it. And uh, you know, ESPN uh, helped BASS a lot, and Jerry was a, a big favorite always at ESPN. You know, I, I was on ESPN 21 years during the same period of time that he was on, and. And ESPN at that time was really, really sold out to the uh, fishing and, and industry and, and a little bit to the hunting industry also, but certainly to the fishing industry. And, uh, and, and they really did a lot to advance fishing uh, in this country uh, on a big level through the ESPN platform. And, uh, you know, it was a, a business decision that unfortunately got all of us eventually kicked off of ESPN. And, you know, when they bought a third of the rights to the NASCAR races and all of a sudden, um, you know, they, you know, they spent all their time and effort and money in, uh, in promoting that. They spent a lot of money to buy the rights to that. And uh, so they pretty much, uh, you know, geared all their programming toward NASCAR. And, and one of the casualties in that just happened to be people like Jerry and myself and, and the other guys, Mark Soson, there's another great name in the business that, uh, those guys, uh, we eventually one by one, and I, I think I was the last one to go. But eventually, one by one, they they uh, they eliminated all of the the outdoor programming on ESPN, and um, uh, and it was an unfortunate thing that happened. But but you know, yeah, Jerry, I'm sure it was very instrumental in them buying BASS, and 
and they had, you know, their dream at ESPN was to take bass fishing to a, a, a level that had never been, and it was just sort of unfortunate from a fishing standpoint. And I have a lot of friends in NASCAR. I'm not knocking NASCAR at all. You know, I know a lot of drivers, a lot of team owners, and, and it's an incredibly great sport. But uh, it was an unfortunate thing for bass fishing that ESPN bought, um, you know, bought the rights to, to, to air those programs when they when they did and turned their focus away from the outdoors marketplace to to, to racing. And I, I always thought it was kind of funny just as an aside because uh, the ESPN analysts always poked a lot of fun at the NASCAR drivers, and they said that NASCAR was not a sport and the drivers were not athletes. And, of course, you know, they said that about fishing and professional fishermen also, but uh, I just like to get them out there on a, a three-day tournament and, you know, 30, 40, 50-mile-an-hour winds on a big lake and, and see how much of an athlete some of those announcers might not be. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the NASCAR, you know, and all of a sudden they uh, they go from being non-athletes and NASCAR to not being a sport to being the biggest sport that they could ever think of. But, but, but you know, that's just, uh, that's just because of a dollar standpoint. Uh, the people that I was involved with at ESPN, the people Jerry was involved with, love the outdoors. And they love fishing, they love the fishermen, and they love their television show hosts. And they treated me like gold, and they treated Jerry even better, I think, there. And uh, it was a great uh, a great benefit for us, a great benefit for fishing, a great benefit for Jerry uh, to be on ESPN for those 20-some-odd years. And, and uh, you know, and if they were to call me back tomorrow, I'd probably go right back to that network. It's just such a <laughs> such a great network. You know, it's funny how, uh, you know, life repeats itself in many ways. You were uh, mentioning the effect of NASCAR many, many years ago. We're talking maybe 10 years ago. Ron Real Radio was on a, uh, a station that was uh, up out of Los Angeles. We were we had great, great ratings. We were number two in the market. We were we were behind uh, George Norrie on Coast to Coast. That was the type of ratings we had. And all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. one of the station well, came to us one day, job. and they they go, "Hey, we're going to have uh, Sunday night NASCAR on. So if uh, you want to stay on the uh, on the uh, uh, the station with us, you can come on at about ten thirty at night on Sunday." And we go, <laughs> "We're not going to do that." And we had to scurry around, and that's why we're on the radio station that we're on right now. But it's uh, it's amazing how sometimes the market changes like that. But well, you know it does, what, though, and, and it always will, John, the... and, you know, but y- y'all do such a quality product, and, and as long as you do that, it doesn't really matter, you know, and, and when I look at uh, that ESPN, what a great network it is, and I, you know, like I said, I, I just love that network to death, and, and, and the people that I worked with for years were so good to us, but, you know, right, right now, we're running Jimmy Houston Outdoors on the Discovery Channel, we're running, which is a great channel, we're running it on CBS Sports, on Pursuit, on WFN, Heartland Network, uh, We'll run uh, the third quarter next year on WGN out of Chicago, which is another giant station. So, you know, the one thing that about ESPN, and, and Jerry was in the same situation as was the other guys that was on there, Mark Sosin and, and the others, in that, um, you know, ESPN was, is an exclusive network. They, they would not allow you to run your shows anywhere else other than ESPN. And when we left ESPN, uh, or they they left us, I guess you should say. Uh, when that happened, we we ended up and we're showing thirteen or fourteen different networks right now, and some of them really big household name networks, like I mentioned. And and so you know, it's really been better for us uh, than than it was then. Even though 
that was, uh, you know, that, that was some of the, the greatest times ever. And, 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 and when we started on ESPN, it really wasn't a – and same, same with Jerry McInnes. Uh, it wasn't really a big deal to tell people you were on ESPN. It wasn't that large a network. And, and it was just – you know, I think I, when I started, I had about 25 or 30 million homes. And, uh, and, and Jerry was on there before I was, if that even less. But when we left it, it had about 90 million homes. And – but, uh, you know, the last several years on ESPN, it was a big deal just to say you were on ESPN. And some of the guys that shot our television show, uh, you know, they would it'd be a big deal for them to have on their resume that they, they filmed television shows for ESPN. And, and uh, yeah, but, which, but you're right. The market changes. But and just like with y'all in your, in your radio show, you do such a great job. And it, it, you don't really you don't really have to worry about that too much as long as you're doing a good job. And. And, and, and basically, there'll always be about 30 or 40 percent of the people in this country that fish. And so, uh, you know, as long as you do your job well, it, it'll be OK. You might have different stations and different networks. But uh, but and, uh, and, you know, as we look back on it, just like with us in 40 for 43 years of television, we look back and golly, we've been on a lot of networks. You know? <laughs> Wendy, you had a comment. I was just going to say that, you know, with fishing versus NASCAR there, you know, NASCAR, it's, it's something that not everybody can do, but you can, you you can be, it's a spectator sport, but when it comes to fishing, it's something everyone could do. Well, I think you're right, Wendy. And I think that's one of the great things uh, about fishing, uh, whether you're talking about doing a television show, you know, uh, Roland Martin will be 80 years old next February or March, whenever he's birthday is and and bill dance just turned 79 this year and i'm not too awful far behind those guys and and you know you're still out there doing national television shows filming shows every year uh, i film a few more shows than those guys do but but yes well, you're doing that uh the, the guys playing tournaments i you know i won over fifty thousand dollars fishing tournaments at the top level with flw last year there's no other athlete in the world <laughs> There's a lot of them that made more than that doing whatever they're doing last year, but there's no PGA player out there, no NFL player, no NBA player, Major League Baseball player that, that uh, you know, competed at the top level at, at, at over 70 years old last year. It just didn't happen. And uh, and, and the, that, I think that's the magic of it is, is you know, that the top players can play the game for a long time, the top TV shows, and every fan can play the game until the day they die. They They don't. You know, uh, the games, the games, all the, those other games, you know, they leave us as we get older. But we can all right. still hey, fish. Hey, Jimmy, you know, let's 40, take a break 50, right 60, now, Ross. We're not going to be able to pay. They can do the same thing, yeah. Yeah, let's take a break right now, Ross. We're not going to be able to pay for the airtime that we have right now. We want to keep on <laughs> hey, going for a little bit. you better do that. Bit. I know that's one secret of staying on for a long time. <laughs> hey, well, you know, one nice thing about having you on, it's radio. So, you know... Uh, you know, you definitely know how to put two or three words together. But, hey, let's take a break right now. Uh, Wendy Toshihara and myself, we're with Jimmy Houston. We'll be back after these messages. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, we want to tell you a little bit about the uh, Catch Fishing hook, line, and lure system. And we have Kavika with us from Catch. Kavika, tell us about the Catch system. Hey, guys. So Catch Fishing Products, uh, Catch Lure, Hook, and Line Holder. Straps on to your rods, whether it's uh, freshwater, saltwater. It's adjustable, UV saltwater resistant. Products made in the USA. Holds on to your lures, holds on to your hooks. And a great feature about it is it also holds on to fishing line. And it's great used as a finger trigger as well. Save your investment in your rods and reels. And we want to remind everyone that the catch system is going to be available at a dealer near you. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419. Or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Wendy and I want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, before we get back to Jimmy Houston, we want to remind our listeners, if you're going to be traveling this holiday season, a lot of you are going to go south of the border. You don't want to go out on there without auto insurance. And the best place to go for your auto insurance is BajaBound.com Insurance Services. What you can do is you can choose from the policies they have, and then you can print the auto insurance you need online in the convenience of your own home or office. It's easy to do on their website. That's BajaBound.com. Now, after you print your policy, stay on the website and you can see all the features that they offer with tips to travel, where to go, and things that make your next trip down to Baja a lot nicer. So here's an important fact to remember, BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We are with Jimmy Houston. And Jimmy, thank you for giving up some of your Sunday night to be with us, especially after spending a whole week on the road. 
<laughs> yeah, we were out in Vegas for the week at SEMA. We had a great time out there and uh, got to visit with a lot of the guys. So we uh, we uh, visited actually with a couple of California guys out there that y'all have heard of, Bill Goldberg, the wrestler. He's actually from sure. Tulsa, Oklahoma. He lives in Ventura, California. And uh, and then Eric Estrada. Y'all remember Eric Estrada? Kid, you better California believe it. He was control. on a uh, television <laughs> show that featured uh, our law enforcement officers. There you go. That you know that was kind of the precursor to all the reality shows that uh, about the law enforcement right now. Isn't that something? So I'm just with some West Coast guys out there too. <laughs> hey, uh, Jimmy, when you go to these shows. Does it amaze you that the number of people that re- that recognize you, even when you're in a non-fishing uh, venue like that? Well, not really too much because uh, you know we've been we just simply been on television for a long time, and and like I said, you know, thirty percent of the people in this country fish. Now there are states like Oklahoma and Texas and some of the states in the South that uh, a higher percentage than thirty percent, but. You know, I can go, you know, we do about 100 personal appearances a year still, and I can go speak at something like the American Dental Association, and I know that 30% of those people at that conference uh, are fishermen. Now, I, you know, I have to kind of gear my talk a little bit uh, toward that other 70% to be entertaining, and, 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 you know, if that's what I'm being paid to do is be entertaining or, or to be, uh, uh, you know, motivational or whatever I need to do because but 30 percent of those people are going to be fishermen so they know the terminology they know when you're telling the story you can use certain terms that you know they know what you're talking about some of those terms you might have to explain to the other 70 percent but but you know when you we've been on television for a long long time like we have and of course now the social media you know we've got almost 300,000 people on our facebook we started a, a youtube channel this year uh, jimmy houston outdoors youtube and uh, we just started back at the end of February, and we, it's not very big. We got about twenty four, twenty five thousand subscribers on there, but it's going fairly rapidly. And uh, we do videos on there three times a week: Sunday and and uh, Wednesday and and uh, Friday. And then uh, plus we do a, a weekly daily devotional on Mondays at the beginning January of twenty twenty. We're going to do a, a, a Jimmy Houston catch of the day, which is a a reading from a devotional book we've got, but it's uh, it's got a, a scripture. Uh, for every day, a devotional for every day, and a fishing tip for every day. So I, I tell people at the end of the year next year, if you'll just tune into our Jimmy Houston Outdoors YouTube channel, and uh, you don't even have to read it. We're gonna, I'm going to read it to you and uh, embellish on it and talk a little bit, well, you know, add a little bit to it. But uh, you will know a little bit more about God's Word. You'll have a devotional that will uh, help you live your life better and help you become a better person. Plus, you're going to get 365 fishing tips. At the end of the year, you're going to be a lot better fisherman. So, uh, so, but... With all of that, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, we've been doing it for a long time, and, and that, that's sort of it, you know. It, and, uh, so we don't really, it'd be a problem if we didn't get recognized, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, Jimmy, it, it seems like fishing and divine intervention have gone hand in hand since uh, man first learned yeah, how you to gotta be. It's got to be, man, <laughs> particularly if you fish a tournament. <laughs> You know, yeah. hey, we talked a little bit about uh, ESPN and ESPN's commitment to fishing and their commitment to NASCAR. And I think what ESPN had tried to do at one time is maybe their game plan was to make fishing as user-friendly to the audience. The spectator sport, as Wendy had indicated, that NASCAR was, and it never quite came off that way. Now we've got this uh, this new circuit in town, Major League Fishing. They're trying to make it more of a spectator sport. And we've come to the point now where 
Major League Fishing has bought out and absorbed FLW. And I know that you have made a big commitment to FLW over the years because of your association with them. What what what's your uh, your take on professional fishing right now, the way it stands? Well, it's hard to really know, just to be honest with you. Uh, and I am, I am, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a very, very positive individual, and I'm, 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 uh, you know, rooting for everybody. I, you know, I, I have a great love affair with BASS. I have a great love affair with FLW, and also Major League Fishing. I, I fished a, a Major League Fishing event, a made for TV event this year with Bill Dance and Roland Martin and Johnny Morris and some of the Major League Fishing pros and we just had an awful lot of fun uh won some money in it so it was a, just a really really great event and i think that they they've got obviously a long way to go in major league fishing to make it what they want to make it uh but, which is totally you know a different blueprint and and business plan than anyone else has ever had in this business and 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 i think that because they are really really intelligent individuals over there the owners of that company uh, have got uh, an awful lot of money, and they're very, very astute businessmen. Uh, Jim Wilburn, who runs all the media part of it and who basically came up with the idea of Major League Fishing, is an extremely good media guy, a great production guy, and just a you know a, a good businessman also. And, you know, if their blueprint that they're using right now doesn't work, uh, they'll make adaptations in it over the years uh, and, and, and make it work. I, I feel confident of that without any shadow of doubt. Uh, it may be that tournament fishing changes and goes in that direction. Uh, with uh, with them buying FLW, uh, they've then now reversed field a little bit and made commitment to five fish tournaments and and uh, you know entry fee tournaments like BASS. And uh, so it's it's I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But you know I think the good thing about it is BASS, of course, is tremendously successful. Bruce Aikens runs that company and does a tremendous job, and uh, and they have uh, you know they have uh, hundreds of thousands of members in BASS, and so that makes them almost impossible to fail. And as they change from year to year and make adaptations in the tournament field, I think they'll continue to do it more right than they do wrong. I think if, uh, Major League Fishing will do the same with FLWs. I think they'll make more good decisions than they will bad. And I don't know where it's all going to end up. I have, uh, you know, obviously there's someone else trying to turn to start up a, a new tournament organization now. But uh, and I, all of this, you know, that I've said has kind of got me wondering whether I really need to or want to play again next year. Uh, you know, the uh, if you know staying in FLW would be obviously very easy to do. I requalified to fish in the top level. Uh, could move back over to BASS and uh, fish another year or two over there. But, uh, you know, I've 54 years of tournament fishing. At some point in time, a guy's got to quit. <laughs> and uh, I had a fairly decent year this year, winning over $50,000. That's not a bad year to quit on. Uh, that no, was not no. nearly as much as some of them won, but it was a lot more than a lot of them won. <laughs> so it's kind of good to quit when you've done fairly decently that year, really. But, uh, but, but it's a hard game to quit playing. Uh, I'll have to admit that. It's a very difficult game because I love it. I love the people. I love the competition. Well, also, you were fishing uh, FLW because it, it gave you a chance to fish with your wife, Chris, and uh, that is something that, uh, you know, you always look forward to doing. Well, you know, you know, it really did, John, and that was a big decision last year when all of the changes came about and people were switching around from 
organization. Uh, you know, BASS gave me the opportunity to come back and fish. Uh, they were guaranteed two years, irrespective of how I did in the tournaments. You know, that didn't I wouldn't have to requalify for anything for two years. And uh, the it was a really difficult decision to make. Uh, but the FLW people have been very good to me, and and I, you know, so has BASS. And the it, the decision actually came down to the fact that. In Bass, I could not practice with Chris, and in FLW, I could. <laughs> and I know that a lot of real tournament fishermen out there, they say, oh, my gosh, he made a decision because of that. <laughs> but it's, it was very, very important to me. And, and, you know, I've been married to the same woman for, uh, I don't you know, 56 years, I guess, now. <laughs> and uh, so it, it was really more important, you know, than where I fished. It was the fact that I could practice with her for three days and, and uh, that just meant more to me than, than anything else. And when it got right down to it, and, and that's exactly what I told Bruce Aiken, and, uh, and he, he respected that. And uh, uh, so, and it's, uh, it's, you know, here we are again, needing to make a decision one way or the other, or, or make a decision not to fish at all. And, and we may end up doing that. We're just, uh, it, it's, a, it, 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 it's, a, it's a tough decision to make when, you know, you've been fishing tournaments, uh, national tournaments ever since you were a senior in college. And you're over yeah, 70 it, years old now. <laughs> it seems like it's a double-edged sword. It seems like it's a double-edged sword, especially when it comes to the major FLW event, the FLW Cup, uh, uh, which was all what all the FLW fishermen were were you know aiming towards. Not only the fishing you know nationally, but we're fishing regionally. Attempt to get on up there, the big prize money, uh, the whole thing, and and now you know. That's, you know, what everyone was fishing. But, but now also, for a lot of the young fishermen, it might be the stepping stone that they can use to really get a a legitimate pro uh, career going with fishing, with uh, major league fishing. But at the same time, it seems like some of the big events for FLW may be diminished just a little bit. Well, it probably will. There's going to be pluses and minus both ways. The one great thing that you and you hit it right on the head. The one great thing that happened when Major League Fishing changed from just a a, a television show, uh, which is all it was until this year, uh, but and when it changed from a television show with I guess 24 fishermen uh, into a tournament organization with 80. Uh, that allowed more people to play at the top level. And, and I, I just thought that was, I mean, to me, that's a, just a big plus. I mean, I, I thought that was the greatest thing of all, uh, is all of a sudden you had 80 there. You had supposedly going to have 150 at, at FLW. They finally kept from 185 down to 165 last year, but mm-hmm. 165 there and then, and then another, uh, another 75 in Bass. So that allowed another 35 or 40 guys to play at the top level. So before we had, you know, 100 in BASS and 180, you know, 280 total. And, and, and that jumped it up to about 330 last year and it allowed more people to play at that top level. And, and, uh, and, and you know, over the next few years, it may be that, the, the you know, what has been called the Costa Series, uh, you know, might, might be a, a, a top organization, a top, you know, series of itself that uh, would allow even more people to play at what would be considered the top level. And, and I think that's always good. It's it's a little bit like uh, I I don't know. You know, you you uh, they they've added football teams in the NFL. They've added basketball teams in the NBA. They've added major league baseball teams. And and when they do that, when they have those expansions, um, that allows more 
players to play at the top level. And, and it's so different in fishermen. When you, you think about it, though, you, you know, even now, 330 people playing at the top level out of the hundreds of thousands of bass fishermen that are in this country, it's still a pretty exclusive crew that gets to play up there at that top level. And, and, and I think that might expand because, yes, because of, of, of Major League Fishing and, and FLW uh, joining together. And, and I, I think that BASS, because of their – just because of who they are and the size of their membership base, uh, they're, they're going to continue to do things very, very well. Now, how about let's talk about the uh, the future of Jimmy Houston. You know, when uh, goals have been reached, they uh, you know they become levels that you start you know new adventures uh, from. And are there still a lot of things that you want to do that you think are left unaccomplished, especially when it comes to your fishing career? Well, absolutely, no doubt about it. You know, uh, there are, there are a lot of things that, that that's left. You know, I mean, our, our of course the television show has been a major uh, part of our life, you know, now for beginning January will be the 43rd consecutive years on television. We're continuing to do that. We just uh, re-upped our O'Reilly contract another two years. We're getting ready to redo our shell contract for another two years. And uh, we, most of our major sponsors are multiple year contracts. And, and uh, so we, we will continue to work that television show, but you know, where, where my emphasis is right now, to be honest, and, and it might seem kind of uh, unimportant, but it is that YouTube channel. And uh, uh, YouTube is a is, is kind of, I think, the future of a lot of uh, media programming. And uh, there are so many people out there that really and truly don't watch television anymore. They, they watch, they're watching uh, all of the things on YouTube. And, and the thing about it and, and the other social media platforms that we have, and, uh, and we got kind of a late start in it, all of our foray into the social media was based on Facebook because that's what all the people in this industry, our industry, wanted was a big Facebook presence, and we built that to uh, close to 300,000, 280-some-odd thousand, I think, and, and we never really paid any attention to YouTube, but as time's gone by, it, it was a mistake that I made, and so we've been working extra hard to build a great YouTube channel, and uh, and we've only been at it for since the end of February, but... Uh, uh, I understand there's a guy out there called PewDiePie that uh, is a gamer on YouTube and it says 100 million subscribers. And 100 million subscribers is larger than ESPN. <laughs> it's larger than WGN. It's larger than the Discovery Channel. So when you think about that, it, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that Jimmy Houston Outdoors will ever have 100 million subscribers, but I'm telling you, we'll end up having a lot because we're really spending a lot of time and effort in it. And, uh, doing uh, like i said three videos a week and and plus still doing 39 television shows and life's exciting right now i mean you know i i i get up and go hard every day and and uh like i said we speak at about 15 or 20 churches we do 100 personal appearances and and uh i you know i i love life just as much now as i did when i was younger i would like to be younger that'd be nice <laughs> but wouldn't we all <laughs> You're perpetually young, Jimmy. But uh, tell me now uh, the the career now as uh, of uh, Jimmy Houston, the uh, the farmer rancher. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, we are heavily involved in that. You know, we uh, we've got a really nice ranch here in southern Oklahoma. Got a couple of nice lakes on it, a 130 acre lake and a 77 acre lake. It's they are, it's a recreational that ranch. We have deer and elk and. I've got uh, two of my pet deer laying here in the yard right here uh, with me right now, a 17-month-old doe that we raised in the bottle. And she's the kind of the uh, – people think she's the star of the YouTube channel. They don't think it's me at all. They think it's Lucy. 
and then another little uh, adopted baby buck that's uh, about five months old. That guy that worked for me found uh, laying on the highway. His mom had got run over on the highway uh, when, and I guess the baby was born after the accident, was just laying there about to die, and he brought it home to me. And so those two deer are laying right here in front of my deck right now, just uh, sitting there with their, their little collars on uh, my my yard ornaments and. We've also got about a thousand pecan trees. We do uh, pecan farming, and it's the only farming part of this ranch. The rest of it is recreational fishing and hunting. But uh, we have about a thousand pecan trees. We sell most of those pecans to pecan processors, but we do sell them uh, through our website, Jimmy Houston Pecans. Uh, we sell them, uh, you know, to you know, all over the nation. Really, we we're shipping out pecans every single day right now. And we only sell fresh pecans. That's a little bit different than. Uh, anybody else, and we only sell them this time of the year, November and December. At uh, the end of December, or certainly by the first week of, or so of January, we will not have any pecans to ship. We'll either ship them out to individuals or sold them to the processors. So uh, if you eat a pecan pie, uh, it might have some Jimmy Houston pecans in it. They are the best pecans in the world, by the way. And I'm just, I'm not saying that just because of mine. It's just what other people tell me. But, but the reason is they're fresh. Uh, you know, we just had a, a, a crappie, a fresh crappie dinner uh, tonight. That's that's what I just got through doing when I talked to you. And we uh, had done a little catch, cook, and clean video for our YouTube channel. We've never done one of those. But uh, while I was at the show in Las Vegas, my daughter had caught 36 crappie off of our pier here in front of the house. Uh, and so when I, we came back, I thought, I'll just try to do one of those catch, cook, and clean if you can. Uh, we, so we caught about 25 or 30 crappie, kept a dozen of them and cleaned them and just had a, a fresh crappie dinner this evening. And uh, and this life does not get much better than that when you get right down to it. Well, Jimmy, if I am not the president of the United States or the chairman of, of the board of uh, Craig and O'Reilly's, can I still get a hold of Jimmy Houston and, and set up a guy trip? Well, we don't really do any of that, uh, you know, other than we take a lot of people. Now, we, we, we are we do some deals that, uh, as a matter of fact, we'll be at the Denver, Colorado show this year, I think, in January. And uh, we will be doing some Jimmy Houston fishing experiences. It's not really a guide trip, per se. We'll be you know, working those only with a few co- corporations, but it will be a Jimmy Houston fishing experience. Uh, we do that already with a lot of the big shell customers and the 3M customers, uh, where they come down to the ranch and uh, they just sort of hang out. I mean, we come, uh, they, they put them in a nice casino hotel here in, uh, here close to my ranch. In Oklahoma, we have over 100 Indian casinos. We're like, our Indians are the richest Indians in the world. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so we put them in a nice casino hotel. They come out, we fish half a day on one lake, come in and have lunch, go fish the other half a day on the other lake, come in and eat a real nice dinner and, uh, and have pecan pie and ice cream and, and uh, it's sort of a little bit different. It's not really a guide trip per se, but the fishing is awfully good, and usually they catch more fish than they've ever caught in their life. But it's more or less a, a Jimmy Houston fishing experience. We do that with a lot of the big shell customers, and and I, uh, we are going to go to that Denver show and make that available for a few other corporations. I think uh, this All coming right. year. And now, Jimmy, if if our uh, listeners or anyone they want to uh, uh, get a hold of you, they want to find out what Jimmy Houston you're doing, they want to. Uh, get clued in to the Jimmy Houston experience, whether it's the inspirational uh, messages that you have, the YouTube. How's the best way to put this all together? 
Well, you know, of course, we have a website, Jimmy Houston Outdoors. We have another website, Jimmy Houston Pecans. Uh, dot, you know, and uh, and uh, we got Jimmy Houston Pecans as a website, Jimmy, Jimmy Houston Outdoors. Our YouTube channel is Jimmy Houston Outdoors. If you'll just go to YouTube, uh, hit that search button, type in Jimmy Houston Outdoors. You can go to our channel, subscribe there. Of course, obviously, YouTube is absolutely free, just like Facebook. Our Facebook is Jimmy Houston Outdoors also, and uh, we've got lots of stuff on there. Uh, we, we sell a lot of those devotional books. And uh, like I said, beginning in January, we're going to start doing – we'll do the reading from the book. I'll do the reading myself from the book. It'll be uh, 5 o'clock Central Time, so it'll be about 3 in the morning when it pops up out there on the West Coast. But uh, but we'll be doing that. Um, ho- hopefully I'll, I'll be able to do that every day next year. That's my goal. But uh, between now and the end of the year, we're doing we read one every Monday. But then next year we'll be doing that uh, daily devotional, a scripture, and a fishing tip for every single day. So it ought to be a lot of fun. Well, Jimmy, I can't thank you enough for taking some of your Sunday to be with us. Talk a little bit about Jerry McGinnis. Talk a little bit about FLW, and just some of the other things that I, I just find so interesting that you're getting involved with. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. And if you will, will you please give Bill. And Roland, the best regards from all of us here in Southern California and all our listeners just literally all over the country. Well, I, I certainly will. I talk to Bill and Roland frequently. They're great, great friends of mine. And uh, Roland and I in particular fish and hunt together a lot. Both of them had a little bit of medical problems this year, but to let's let everybody know that both of them are doing terrific. They probably feel better right now than they felt in a while even. And, and they're just doing absolutely fantastic. And, and I appreciate y'all. Y'all do such a a great job out there with Rod and Real Radio, and I just love visiting with y'all. You're just uh, so professional, and uh, the only thing the only thing I think is you just need to let Wendy talk a little more often. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Jimmy, when you get on, no one has a chance to speak, <laughs> and that's the way I've we like told, it. <laughs> I've been told that before. I apologize for that. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, and y'all have a great Veterans Day tomorrow. And, and uh, I just want to say a great big thank you to all our veterans. You know, we love them. We appreciate them more than they'll ever know. You bet. Thank you again. Well, Wendy, hey, that's it. And, yeah, uh, what can I tell you? We hardly had a chance to get two words in with uh, Jimmy. But you know what? That's what radio is all about, right? Oh, okay. Hey. Hey, we want to thank Roland Martin. We want to thank uh, uh, Captain Steve Taft, Cop, uh, Cobble Greg uh, Arisby, Chad Gerlich uh, for being with us. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. I want to thank uh, Ben and the AL, uh, Ben, our local producer, Otto in the AM540 studios. And always on behalf of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for making the show what it is. We'll be back next Sunday night at 5.05 on AM 5.40 with more Rod and Reel Radio. And so, until then, good night, everybody, and have a great week. Welcome to the club. On my door I'd hang a sign Gone fishing Instead of just a wishing Papa Bing, I've stopped by your place a time or two lately, and you aren't home either. Well, I'm a busy man.